and you're lifting your hands to God and you're telling him you're such a good father. You're such a good healer. I love you so much. You're such a good... Lord, thank you. You're the best heart fixer in the universe. You're the best lung fixer in the universe. You are the best mind fixer in the universe. Father, you are the best bone mender in the universe. I just worship you. Father, you love my children more than I love them. Lord, you're chasing after them with an everlasting love. Father, I just worship you. I just praise you. I glorify you. I magnify you. I lift your name on high. You are God all by yourself. My God is God. There is no other God beside you. And Jesus, I love you. You're such a beautiful Savior. You're such a beautiful Redeemer. You're such a beautiful Healer. You're such a beautiful friend. You're such a beautiful brother. I just love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. And something starts changing because you're worshiping God. You're worshiping Him. God, God doesn't care if you come to Him every day and ask Him for something. He said, he, said, he said, my hand's always open to you. God will never tell you no. But it's relationship. Relationship doesn't always ask for something. Relationships tells, t- takes the time to tell the giver how much they appreciate Him. Hallelujah. 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 And man, when you start worshiping Him, and you start praising Him, you start glorifying Him, things begin to work. Things begin to operate. Things begin to change. Things that look like they couldn't change, change. Things that look like they were impossible, they occur. Why? Because you've done something. You've tapped into this side of God that God just, can, God just cannot resist. Somebody that will just worship Him. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. The Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. Hallelujah. With no covenant. Right? Now, you know, we talk about that. Sometimes we talk about it, you know, like the church would talk about it. She had no right to approach the God of Israel. Well, I mean, I understand that. But, but any mother in here that's ever had a really sick child, you realize that <laughs> whether you had a right or not, if he's the only one that can help you, you're going. Call me what you want. Right? It says she came and she came to Jesus. And she began to cry out to him. And he didn't answer. He just kept walking. Then it says she went to the disciples. And the disciples said, send her away. She's crying after us. But then it says she came to Jesus and worshiped. And said, Lord, help me. And you remember what Jesus said. He said, it's not me, it's not right, it's not correct to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. Now people said that was mean of Jesus. No, it wasn't. He told the truth. 
He said, I'm not sent to the Gentiles. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Haven't you ever ever seen when Jesus sent his disciples out? He said, don't go in the way of the Gentiles. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Because the Bible says he had to come to his own and had to be rejected of his own. But the Gentiles received him. Now, this is important. She worshiped him. Lord, help me. I don't have any other help but you. That you're it. If you don't help me, nobody can help me. Amen. Our God, our God won't help us. If you don't help me, nobody can help me. Amen. You got to go to God at times and tell him, Lord, I remember. I remember when I had no hope. I remember when they said I had to die. I I remember when they said there was no way. I I remember when they said I was going to lose my mind and I was going to go crazy. And there was nothing that anybody could do. But Father, you fixed me. You healed me. You brought me out. You made a way for me. I'm in my right mind tonight because you did that for me. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And the woman said, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Now, people preaching, I've probably even preached it. She knew whatever was in the bread was in the crumb. I don't know that she knew that. I mean, that's a good preaching point. But I don't know that she knew that. She just needed help. And her mindset was, if all you're going to give me is a crumb, give me the crumb. But notice something. He said, uh, go your way. Woman, great is your faith. Go your way. Your daughter's whole. I want you to see something. While she's worshiping, demons are leaving her child. While she's worshiping, Jesus resets occurring at home. She didn't get home and say, baby, one of these days. She got home and the daughter was free. Oh, glory. Amen. So while you're worshiping tonight, God's working at home. While you're worshiping here, God's working in your family. While you're worshiping, God's setting your ministry up for success. While you're worshiping, God is saying, I'm doing something that you can't see, but when you get there, you're going to see it. Hallelujah. Just because she worshiped him. Oh, hallelujah. Now you're right there in Mark 5. Look at verse 25. And a certain woman that had an issue of blood 12 years, suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had, was nothing better but grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment. For she said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And straightway, immediately, right then when she touched him, right then when she touched him, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Now, but here's here's the thing. I I want you to stay there, but but listen. Too much of the church is still trying to touch the hem of his garment when that doesn't represent you. 
I don't have to touch the hem of his garment. He resides in me. You are the tent of meeting. You are the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. The Shekinah glory of God lives in you. Amen. But too much of the church is still singing that song. Reach out and touch the Lord. That's a beautiful song. Beautiful, beautifully unbelieving. It has nothing to do with you being in Christ. You are not that woman. If you do what she did, you'll get what she got, but you're not her. Here's what I want you to notice, though. She said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole. Did she touch him? And what happened immediately? So it wasn't next day or a week from then. It was immediate. Oh, glory. So notice, her life was a life of sickness and defeat every day. No hope, no health, no finances. The Bible says she'd spent all that she had and was nothing better, but was getting worse. Mmm. So from no hope of ever being helped to completely made whole. That's what Jesus said. Notice verse uh, uh, 34. He said unto her daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Be whole. The Hebrew says go into peace. Go into peace. The word peace there is the Greek word soteria. It's abbreviated sozo. It's akin to the, to the Hebrew word mashalem or shalom. It means peace. But it not only means peace as in peace, uh, meaning the absence of, of argument or the absence of trouble. It means a peace that brings wholeness. It's a peace that comes into your life and restores what was missing and restores what was broken. Not next week, not next month, not next year. The moment you encounter that peace, everything is brought back. Amen. This is reset. From no hope to completely whole. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't put off your wholeness till next month. Call Moses, call Aaron, they called him. He said, beseech the Lord God of heaven that he'd remove these frogs. Moses said, when do you want them gone? Tomorrow. That's what he said. Pharaoh said, tomorrow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow? Have frogs in bed with you at least one more night. How about right now? How about right now? Am I helping you? Look at verse 22, Mark 5. And behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly and said, My my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray you come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Matthew chapter 9, Matthew says, My little daughter is even now dead. So he gets there and she's dead. Now you don't get any more hopeless than dead. Am I helping you? 
But notice what he said. You come lay your hands on her and she'll live. Right? And so he started to go with her and then, of course, they were interrupted by this woman. Verse 35, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, your daughter is dead, or you know your daughter is dead. Why are you troubling the master? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, (laughs) he said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Now here's the thing. What's he supposed to believe? And people say that Jesus could do this. Nope. Supposed to believe what he said. What did he say? In Matthew, he said, even now my little daughter's dead, but you come lay your hands on her and she'll be healed and live. And Jesus looked at him and said, don't be afraid. Don't be moved by what they said. You keep believing what you said. The man with the demons came and worshiped Jesus and victory came. The woman with the issue of blood said what she believed, acted on what she believed, and received what she believed. Jairus came to Jesus and made a statement of faith. I know my daughter's dead, but if you will come lay your hands on her, she will not only be healed, she will live. And now the report comes and says, why are you troubling him? You know your daughter's dead. And Jesus looked at him and told him, Do not be afraid. The Amplified Bible says, don't be struck with fear and seized with alarm. Only keep on believing. Keep on believing what? What you said. Keep believing what you said. My family, there's some of us, we need to go back and pick up some of the things we were saying. Some of the things you were declaring. It's not an indictment against anybody. I'm I'm just saying. The Lord dealt with me about that. There's things people need to go and pick back up and start declaring. Amen. Why? Because what I declare is the way it's going to go. Why? Because I'm the one in authority. I'm, I'm the one that I will have what I say. Amen. Notice. Whew. Verse 37, he suffered no man to follow him, but Peter, James, and John, brother of James, came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seized the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said to them, Why do you make this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleeps. They laughed him to scorn. But when he put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is means interpreted damsel, I say unto you, rise. And straightway, immediately, right now, the damsel arose and walked because she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. Your daughter is dead. Right? A lot of believers, you know and I know, would have said, well, Lord, thank you for your time. But Matthew says he already told her she's dead. And, but if you'll come lay your hands on her, she'll live. She'll be healed and live. Amen. 
from your daughter is dead to little girl I say to you arise to the girl arose and walked. Your daughter's dead. The girl arose and walked. None of these individuals in these accounts had the ability to change their condition. The demoniac could not set himself free. The woman could not stop the flow of blood. She tried. Jairus couldn't keep his daughter from dying and he couldn't raise her from the dead. But they all encountered somebody that could. And notice when they all received right then. Right? People would come to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. And he'd say, what do you want me to do? Lord, that I might receive my sight. Go your way. Your faith shields you. Why isn't, the, isn't it that Jesus never looked at anybody and said, uh, come back next week. I'll heal you next week. You'll see instances that as they went, they were healed. The nobleman's son, the Bible says that he began to amend, but he began to amend the moment Jesus spoke the word. He told the nobleman in the book of Luke, he said, go your way, your son lives. And the nobleman got home the next day. He said, what time did he start getting better? They said, yesterday at 1 o'clock, and he brought to remembrance. That's when Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. The word always starts working the moment you declare it. Hallelujah. 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 So now listen. So if you've declared, great is the peace of my children. Amen. Amen. If, if you have declared, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and, and the captives of the strong will be put in prison. But I will contend with them that contend with you and I'll save your children. If you've declared, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For there's hope in your latter end, says God, that your children will come again from the land of the enemy. Have you declared, if you've declared that, it's working. It's right now, right now, right now, it's working. I'm helping you. Yet at the end of this one day, their whole lives had been reset. <laughs> you know, that, that, that demoniac went back and, and published in Decapolis, the good news. Remember, he wanted to go with Jesus? And Jesus said, no, go back home and tell the people in your city, tell your family how good God's been to you. And it says he went back, and those same people that prayed or begged Jesus to depart out of their coast, it says he came back, and all the cities round about came to him and begged that he would teach them and touch them and heal them because of one man's testimony about what God did for me right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are people on the sound of my voice. You got born again and you were instantly delivered from drugs. You were instantly delivered from alcohol. You were instantly delivered from pornography. You were instantly delivered from a sinful lifestyle. You never backslid. You never went back. You never, you never slid back like a lot of people have. Here's the thing. The power of God instantly set you free. The same power that instantly saved you will instantly heal you, instantly bless you, instantly make a way. Oh, hallelujah. 
The Lord said to me some years ago, imagine going to bed sick and getting up well. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's people on the sound of my voice. The devil tried some tricks on you. He, he tried some things on your health. He tried some things on your finances. But here you are. Here you are tonight healed. Here you are tonight set free. Why? Because there's nothing the enemy can do. The Bible says that the word of God is like a fire and like a hammer. And it breaks in rock. It breaks into pieces. The rock, even the rock of the most stubborn resistance. The word of God will burn up and disseminate the plan of the enemy. And it will shatter the plan that's trying to come against your life. It can't work. It can't prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper it, it just won't Whew. hallelujah imagine going to bed in debt and getting up debt free reset amen the Lord said to me and I'm, I'm going to try to close in a moment the Lord said to me I was ministering on a Wednesday night and he said this through the prophetic word, he said, God will never leave you in a deficit. Amen. That's when he was talking to us about restoration and recompense. That not only would God restore, he would recompense us. Second Kings 17 talks about the woman that, that uh, uh, Elisha had raised her son from the dead. And he said, the Lord, is, there's a famine coming on the land for seven years. He said, go sojourn where you can. She went and left the land for seven years. At the end of seven years, she came back. And cried unto the king for her land, house, the Bible says, and her land. And Gehazi said, my Lord King, this is the woman that I was telling you about. That Elisha raised her son. He said, is that right? She said, yeah. And she cried to him for her house, notice, and her land. And it says, he appointed an officer and said, restore to her what was hers. House and land. And then he said, oh, and wait a minute. And all the harvest of the land for the last seven years. Amen. Restoration, house and land. Recompense. Seven years of harvest. Amen. I've told you this, but the Lord said this to me. He said he's going to pay you back for your struggle. Amen. The things the enemy tried to, tried to bombard you with, God's going to pay you back for it. Amen. 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 I, I share this because I'm with family. When I was in uh, Cedar Rapids, the Lord was gracious to, to speak over my life and, and, and receive an endowment for the healing of hearts. We've already seen two hearts healed, completely healed, med medically documented. But here's the point. I was, I, I was coming out, uh, Brother Jim remembers we were coming out of church, such a heavy anointing. And uh, the Lord said to me that night when I was in my room, you know, uh, well, it would have been uh, almost two years ago now. Uh, my, my dad moved to heaven last April. And uh, so, uh, well, over a year now. But here, here's the point. He, he went with a heart issue, congestive heart failure. And when I, when, I, when, I, when I sat down in the car that night, the Lord said, I gave you that endowment. He said, now go make the devil pay for your dad leaving early. 
recompense. I'm telling you, you do whatever you want to with this word I'm giving you. The devil's going to pay for everything that he's tried to do to you. I mean it. I mean it. Lost time, lost wages, whatever you want to call it. But he pays. He pays. He pays. We are the church of the living God, and he's going to eat it. He's going to pay for what he's tried to do. Because the Bible says that our God is the God of vengeance. He is the God of recompense. I read it this morning in Isaiah. He said you need to rejoice and be glad because your God will recompense you. Hallelujah. In the book of Job chapter 42, it tells us, Job chapter 1 tells us all of Job's substances, substance that he had. Uh, 3,000 camels, 1,000 donkeys, all these different things. All right, you know, in the process, he, he lost that. The devil stole it from him. But then in Job chapter 42, it says, And the Lord restored unto Job double. Now, wait a minute. One would have been good. He'd have got everything back. You know, if you, if you ever heard me teach the series, Poor Old Job, Job had enough land that would stretch from DeSoto, Kansas to downtown Olathe. It, it would have cost something in the neighborhood of $250 million a year to run Job's, uh, Job's operation. Job would have been a billionaire. And the Lord restored double. Why did he give him double? Why didn't he just give him back? Recompense. 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 So he said, God will never leave you in a deficit. When we had the six days of faith here, and uh, then not too long after that, uh, Brother Jerry was at the church. And uh, I, I kept sensing Man, something has shifted. We've shifted. And you know, sometimes you hear people say that. You know, every year somebody comes to me and goes, Oh, the Lord's telling me that there's going to be change this year. I, I'm no longer going to go, Oh, praise God. I'm going to go, In what area? Because, because change isn't change till it's change. Nothing's different till it's different. So when I'm sensing a shift, where? We've shifted. Where have we shifted? It's like you're, you're driving in, in, in first gear and you shift. Well, where, where'd you shift? You know, right. But you know where you went. If somebody goes, well, where'd you shift? Second gear. So I, I prayed. I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I want to know. I want to know where this shift is. I don't want to just be talking about a shift. I want to know where the shift is. Mm. And he said, first of all, God will not leave you in a deficit. And then he said this, streams of finances are going to come to you. And he said this, the shift is in your finances. The shift, the change is in your financial standing. And that's when he used this phrase, you've entered into the big. That's not just about money. It's about a shift. Now remember what he said about this. 
He said that you had to look for it, declare it, believe it, and receive it. Oh, glory. Mm. He said the shift is that that barrier is going to be broken. Mm. Bonuses, settlements, legal settlements. He said, I'm changing their mind right now. And he said, you don't have to know why they did it, and they don't even have to be nice about it. He said, they can be ugly about it and recompense you. Don't worry about ugly. Just take the check. That's important. That's important. That's important because there's reset coming. I, I've been praying. God to recompense you. Thank you. I've been praying for the devil to pay Thank you. for what he's tried to do to people's lives. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He tried. He couldn't get the job done, but he, he, tried, he tried to hinder it. He made it tough. He's not allowed to do that. Amen. He's got to pay for that. Amen. Why? Because what he did was trespassing. Yeah. It was trespassing. Any part of the curse that tries to operate in our life is trespassing. It doesn't mean you did something wrong or I did something wrong or somebody did something wrong. I had a guy tell me one time, I'm just trying to figure out where I opened the door to the devil, that he attacked me. He don't need an open door to attack you. The Bible says Job was perfect and upright, feared God, stayed away from evil. Right? And the devil attacked him. That's what he does. A thief doesn't call you up and say, Hey, brother, I'm going to be at your house tomorrow morning at 1 a.m. to steal from you. Amen. Why doesn't he do that? Because you and your little friend will meet him. Amen. And he'll have a choice. Walk out or get drug out. It's up to you.